0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the seventh ever episode of the Horrible Things Podcast, a podcast where we talk about horrible things, as the name implies. My name is Emma, and I'm your host for this podcast, and today I'm joined by... My name is Julia, um... And Julia, where can, where can the people find you, like, in life? Well, on Instagram,
1: <laughs> on, on Instagram you can find me at Julia Hauck. so... And then... H-O-U-C-K Hauck.
0: <laughs> And today we're also joined by
2: Cole Clark
0: Yes, Cole, where can the people find you?
2: On Twitter you can find me at at Cole L. Clark And you can look up 4 out of 5 dot reviews If you want to read some of my writing about movies and stuff
0: He is very good at writing Much better than anyone else I know So just for today We're kind of going to start off with the question That I usually ask most first time guests Because you guys, this is your first time And actually this is the very first episode we've done Without Caitlin or Chase
2: Wow. Go One us. of the big three is gone. <laughs> the whole is fast.
0: Uh, actually, these are uh, Chase and Caitlin's replacements. Uh, <laughs> they will be... No, I'm, I'm kidding. I love you, Chase and Caitlin. But... Um, I just want to ask you the question we ask all the first time guests, which is what is your relationship with true crime? Like, do you actively seek it out? Is it kind of just something you hear about in passing? Do you know anything about it at all? Just kinda of level with me, Julia, why don't you? Um, so I kind
1: of have always been into true crime and all that. Whole genre and stuff. I started when I was little watching like twenty twenty episodes and sixty minutes and stuff with uh my grandma and then I don't know I your just grandma like, sounds like a cool lady yeah she really is she got me into it and like i could not take my eyes off of it and then i was like kind of creeped out by it but also loved learning about it i don't know it's just really interesting so i ever since then have been like watching all the new netflix stuff and all all the movies and documentaries and all the stuff about it so yeah awesome and cole what about you
2: i'm not as Interested in it I just Yeah I'm more interested In fiction or um, That kind of thing But I watched Evil Genius on Netflix Really really liked that Um, True crime show I watched like parts Of Making a Murderer And certain podcasts Things like that But not really my main interest Just something I kind of Partially Watch Yeah
0: So just coming from like Obviously, you guys kind of have different levels of awareness from true crime, but uh, Cole, I'm kind of interested to know, I feel like over the past year, year and a half, there's been a huge blow up of like true crime. Everyone is kind of interested in true crime now, which I feel like did not used to be the case whatsoever. Like I remember when Caitlin and I were in freshman year and listening to My Favorite Murder, there was like no one else at our school really that listened to My Favorite Murder. And when we would talk about it, people are like, that's weird. But now I feel like anytime I mention my favorite murder, there's always like two or three people or other um, true crime interested people that are just around no matter where I'm at, whether it be like school, even like especially at church, weirdly, like I always find people that are interested in it. So I'm I'm wondering if from, like, a view of someone who doesn't actively seek out true crime, have you also noticed that, like, you're becoming more aware of it or it's kind of integrating itself more into mainstream?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's just that avenue to, like, explore the scary parts or the disgusting or morbid parts of life, but in total safety, you know, not having to actually participate. Usually it's the past, you know, it's someone who's either dead or in prison or things like that. It gives you that kind of separation that can be uh, really exciting sometimes, especially when you talk about, like, people in church. It's like, oh, it's funny, like, people who have, you know, good values and all these norms that they're supposed to uphold are listening to these grisly murder podcasts or just indulging in it I think it's because it can it separates itself a lot it's almost like you're not even listening to it. it's just kind of something you um can escape into yeah I I get more interested when it turns into the worlds that I'm more interested in like the Zac Efron movie heard it was awful never watched it but that is more what I'm interested in just like retellings of movies retellings of um famous killers whatever it might be um not so much just like a Documentary, which I love documentaries, not really true crime documentaries, just never really grabbed me.
0: Yeah, they're definitely more of a bummer. And I find it super funny and and like interesting too that you talk about how people like escape into true crime nowadays. And it's much more like, not that it hasn't always been something that people have done, but now it's just way more prominent, I think, in mainstream culture. It's kind of interesting. And Julia, you can probably talk about this about how talking about something so horrible and something so awful that's like the worst parts of humanity in a way can be an escape i don't know i
1: think it's kind of a way to like cole was saying like separate reality from like the past i guess like stuff that has happened in the past like we don't really think about that stuff occurring in our own everyday lives because you never really think that it'll happen to you until it does but it's always like Kind of a fear to look into that stuff and think like, oh my gosh. Like then reality hits and it's like, oh my gosh, this could actually happen.
0: Alrighty, so today we're actually gonna be doing a little bit more of a lighthearted case after we just talked about all those uh deep philosophical mm-hmm. questions. Yes. <laughs> At the topic uh top of the show, we're actually gonna have a lot more of a lighthearted show today, which I'm very, very excited for because let me tell you, I have not been sleeping well the past two <laughs> days. We've done, like, three real heavy hitters. The weight
2: is weighing on you. It's all up to you.
0: Sometimes, well, here's the thing also. I just got, like, I just graduated from high school, as did you guys. So, I have these balloons in my room. (laughs) And sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, and it looks like a head. And I'm like oh my gosh, someone's in my room. But I don't move because I'm like, if I move, then they'll come get me. You know what they I mean? They know I'm here. They'll know that I'm awake and then I know. So then I just lay there until I remember that it's a balloon. And then I'm like, oh, that was <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's like, sometimes I get that that fear of it. And then I'm like, maybe it's time to do something a little more lighthearted on the <laughs> podcast. But still a horrible thing, obviously. Yes. We're not straying too far from yeah. the themes here. And today's topic is actually going to be the Great Train Robbery of 1963. Ooh
2: based Ooh. on the wait not based on the movie sorry <laughs> the movie The Great Train Robbery I don't know is uh, it based yeah, on yeah I'm this? pretty sure yeah. it
0: is based oh, cool. in, yeah I think so I know that there's uh, I believe there's two movies one of them's called Buster it's about one of the <laughs> <What>? it's <laughs> about funny. one of the um, robbers Gotcha. Okay. but um, do you guys ever hear about heists in your in your real life as much as you hear about other true crime things or is it kind of just like not really I feel like they don't like
1: Talk about that stuff as much as they talk about the actual murders, and like I feel like that just gets more attention. I feel like heists definitely get pinned in a more positive light,
0: yeah, that's for sure.
2: Because it's usually like someone who's like filthy rich or like a corporation, or I don't know, it's not usually just like a guy who gets robbed really expertly.
0: Very,
1: that is very hard to be more sympathetic
2: for the victim, not always, of course, but yeah. And I feel
1: like in murder, I just said that weird murders, um, it's more interesting psychologically to kind of dive into what is going through their mind i feel like that's kind of more foreign to us in a way like we don't really we can't really put our finger on what exactly is going through their head but like in like a heist it's just like
0: money yeah, yeah i actually wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit because i was researching a little bit like not about this case but just about robbery in general i kn- i had known from some previous true crime like uh just things i looked up that sometimes actually, it's been found that some lower level crimes can actually be linked to showing that people will escalate. A lot of people who, I mean, take Ted Bundy, for instance, before he ever murdered anyone, he was breaking into people's houses and assaulting people or just breaking in. So I think that it's kind of interesting to see the connection of a lot of times what starts out as just normal burglary or breaking into people's homes can then escalate into something a lot more uh, gruesome, I guess I would say. And so I was looking up what robbery has been tied to and just some uh, things about robbery online. And when I was actually researching, I found it really interesting that robbery is actually classified as a crime of property but also as a crime of violence, because breaking into someone's home or stealing someone's stuff is actually considered a crime of violence. I was looking up some statistics, statistics about it, and I found that approximately 2,000 robbery victims are murdered each year, which was something that I didn't know anything about. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm, that's kind
2: of surprising. You would usually think that robbery is more like, yeah, like we said a minute ago, focused on money or something else, but that's crazy.
0: Yeah, and... I found it very strange because I feel like I never hear about robbery-related murders, and I guess it is because a lot of times it isn't seen as, like, something that will or could escalate. It's just seen as, like, oh, well, that was a bad thing that happened because of robbery. But it's, I thought it was really interesting to kind of look at how it can escalate, especially because when I was uh, looking into all this, it talked about how robbery is actually one of the most um, traumatizing crimes because of how fear-inspiring it is, because... It's usually an innocent victim if a person is robbed and also a lot of times with robbery it involves like breaking into somebody's home and that is traumatizing in its own right because you are violating someone's personal space and a space that they feel safe in. So like I don't know about you but when I lock my doors at night and get in my bed I feel like I can relax and be comfortable and I don't have to worry about like fear of a threat. But once someone robs you or, like, breaks into your home and things like that, it's a a violation of your most basic, like, principles, I guess, of, like, this is my space to relax. Yeah. all
2: these assumptions, yeah, you make that you don't really think to check can be shattered so quickly.
1: Yeah. Especially, like, even after that happens to someone, after they get their house broken into, I'm sure, like, after that, they're never going to feel safe again. Like, yeah. Even if you check the doors, make sure they're locked, like, there's it's gonna haunt you for rest
0: of your life. For sure. And uh just before we start, I wanted to give a quick definition because this is a fun little fact that I learned that I didn't know before, but um there is actually a difference between burglary and robbery. Yes. I did not know that. Did you know this? I did know this. Do you know what the definitions are? I don't want to get it wrong, so why don't you just do it? (laughs) Okay (laughs) That's fair, that's fair. Uh so burglary is when someone enters a building for the purpose of committing a crime. So, what were we were talking about, like someone enters your home or comes into a corporate office or goes into a bank with the intention of, I'm gonna rob this or I'm gonna burglar this place.
2: Burglarize. <laughs>
0: you're gonna and burglar also, it? Yeah. Dude, you know, when I remember I was researching this. Anybody remember the hamburger? Yes, hey, I was gonna you're
2: say, you're gonna hamburger it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was at McDonald's, right? Yeah oh my gosh that really brought up a memory that i had locked away deep down (laughs) they were trying to instill the fear in us from a young age of the (laughs) Hamburglar. they don't want they don't want want anyone to take our burgers because (laughs) then people will be scared to rob them (laughs) to burglar them (laughs) so robbery on uh is actually a totally different thing which is where robbery is more like a mugging It's where someone goes up to you in a place that isn't like a home or like a building and just threatens you or forces someone to give something up so what's weird about this case that we're gonna talk about the great train robbery is that it's kind of in the middle of a burglary and a robbery when i was looking into it more so uh let's just let's let's get right into it you guys ready yeah Yeah. okay so even though the actual robbery uh in 1963 Took place in 1960. <laughs> really? <laughs> when did it take place? Uh, that would be 1963. All right. Because it's literally called it. the Great Train Robbery of 1963. Uh, 1960. What? <laughs> <laughs> so um, this robbery actually took place in the UK. So that's where all this is set. And planning for this robbery um, actually began in 1962. Wow. Oh, I know. They. Unheard they. Of they really were um trying to get this thing to run as smoothly as possible because it was such as you'll find out as we go more into it a high stakes heist and what's super interesting about this case also is that since it happened in 1963 and the people were fairly young there's a really great account of what happened because some of the um robbers are actually still alive today and, or they just recently died so that's pretty crazy and uh The final number of people who were actually involved in making this heist happen was 17 people. 15 people were actually involved in the raid going in and robbing. And then a core group of five people, Gordon Goody, Buster James, Bruce Reynolds, Charlie Wilson, and Roy James planned the actual heist. Those names- These are like
2: the most American names I've ever heard. I'm shocked this is in the UK.
0: I was going to say, that's like, this makes- Those names make this whole thing feel like a nineteen forties noir. Like Busta James, Golden (laughs) Goody, Bruce Reynolds. Like it just sounds so uh old, I guess. I was surprised too. I was like, nineteen sixty-three, like my parents were born in the sixties. Like (laughs) what? But um so they that core group of five people is the people who actually planned the heist. And what's funny is that most of the people who planned these heists um, had met in jail but had turned away from a life of crime. So, like, the occupations of some of the people in the group I just mentioned were uh, one was a florist, one was a construction worker, and one was a hairdresser. Like, they just had normal lives and families and wives, most of them, and were not really involved in crime anymore. Most of them were just like making a living doing regular jobs, which I found kind of surprising because I guess the way i always see it portrayed in movies and just like in my head is just that you get out of jail and then immediately it's like going back into a life of crime and planning these giant heists when that's yeah. actually not always the case especially because like it took them two years to plan this
1: but or er, well, never mind one year to plan this <laughs> i'm really bad at math um <laughs> but it like took them a while to plan this so you would think they have like tendencies to continue doing these violent things i guess
0: yeah and i also find it really interesting that like most of if you watch interviews about this case they can sometimes interview the wives or the kids of these guys and they always talk about they're like it was weird to find out that my dad who's like a florist was (laughs) responsible for this robbery yeah like i uh, and it's like really interesting to hear them talk about it because it's very much in england kind of a cultural thing of a lot of people actually side with the train robbers and think it's like a really cool thing and are like kind of giving credit to these guys because um at the time a lot of people in england were just basically feeling like uh screw the government the working class is being screwed over right now is
2: that who who was who was what was the train for The train was a
0: royal mail train So it was a government thing
2: That's what I was saying earlier but like it's pretty hard to Mm -hmm. sympathize Usually with the victims of a heist Not a robbery Slash burglary like what you're saying but a heist Because it's like well usually it is something like that Like they're not just robbing some One person it's the government
0: I guess the only thing though and you'll find out as I go on Is that there were other victims Mm -hmm. Other than just You know the government losing money Um, But They were hoping to steal around 2 million pounds from a royal mail train, which was um, heading from Glasgow to London. So, 2 million pounds in today's money is about $68 million. Whoa. That's crazy. And so, uh, the money that they were hoping to steal was actually. Okay. (laughs) The money they were hoping to steal was actually on its way to be destroyed. Like, it was just going to be burned, because it was, like, damaged money, and they weren't going to use it anymore. So, uh, when they're transporting it, they were very secretive about who knew the amount of money that was going to be on the train, because they didn't want a robbery to happen, obviously. So, one of the main people who was in on this heist that um, actually didn't get his name or anything exposed until 2014... Uh, was someone who was inside the royal mail who was the one who communicated with some of those core uh, members who were planning the heist and basically talked to them about how much money was going to be on the train and when the train was going to be going over where and was basically just an informant on the inside and they actually called him the ulster man no one really knew his name it was just this interesting like typical shadowy like overlord type thing where it was like the ulster man who like gives us all this information and is like this inside person yeah (laughs) at at the royal mail who would tell them like that's how much money is going to be on the train so the only people that ever met the ulster man were gordon goody and buster edwards so they were the only ones who actually like knew his identity or anything so many of the people Obviously, there was five main people that planned the heist and the rest of them were pretty much rounded up by uh, people that the other members had met in prison or through other gangs. So it's basically just this big group of people who were working class people, but who had criminal records and had been involved in a life of crime before. And like I said earlier, uh, the train that they're planning on robbing is a Royal Mail train heading on an overnight journey from Glasgow to London. Uh, The train that they robbed was staffed by 72 post office staff who were in several cars uh in the train but the money was kept under watch in what's called an hpv carriage uh by only four people who were in that car of the train and then the two conductors pretty much everyone else was working on the train as if it was a literal post office like sorting through mail and things like that so Usually the trains only carried a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, or pounds worth of money. But since it had been a bank holiday the weekend previously, uh, the train was carrying, like I said, what is $68 million in today's money, which is why no one really ever think of robbing the train because it wouldn't have been worth it. But it just so happened that this was the perfect opportunity. So now that we've talked kind of about the planning i wanted to go into the actual heist like what actually happened this is kind of the more exciting part so the heist was uh planned and then took place on august 8th 1963 so the robber's first step was planning the location that they were actually going to intercept the train and they chose the brodega railway bridge in buckinghamshire
2: really get that strong bu-
0: <laughs> buckinghamshire <laughs> That's the most British sounding town name I've ever heard in my life Oh, oh for sure oh, yeah. Like just The Royal Mail train was going toward Buckinghamshire
2: That is actually crazy <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> right. When you think about it that is the <laughs>
0: most- That's That's <laughs> whack <laughs> Buster James and Gordon Goody in Buckinghamshire <laughs> <laughs> oh. But it's a bridge that today In England I love this Is actually nicknamed Train Robbers Bridge
2: Oh Shows the legacy of <laughs> <laughs> Train Robbers
0: <laughs> They're not like uh Respect. not like uh rest in peace uh victims of train robbery <laughs> it's like train robbers bridge <laughs> Let, uh, it's just so just becomes a it's tourist interesting. attraction i know That's honestly crazy. i would go visit it i would
1: <laughs> rob a train to have a bridge named after me
0: <laughs> julia hauck's train was robber's really, bridge that was
2: really the goal they just wanted a bridge named after him yeah they, they didn't, didn't even care the they
0: threw the money into the um it was, it was a bad long money anyway it was a yeah. long game they really the, were the just like hmm which bridge can we get named after <laughs> us Buckinghamshire. <laughs> <laughs> and um when the train is crossing over the berdenga railway bridge It's actually only an hour outside of London where the train was set to arrive because the train was arriving in London at 3.59 a.m. Like I said, it was an overnight journey. And when they reached the bridge, it was 3 a.m. So the train stops on the bridge because of a red traffic signal that is lit up. And so they automatically just think, okay, we need to stop. But this is kind of weird that this is happening. (laughs) If, it's kind of weird, you, you know, weird because happen? we're not supposed to be stopping right here but uh okay so what actually had happened is that the robbers had tampered with the light by um using a glove to cover the green traffic light and they connected a six volt battery to the red light and so that way it would stay on and just be on until the train got there so while the train stopped um one of the conductors uh came outside of the train and was like well i should probably try to call someone because this is kind of a strange thing that we really shouldn't be stopped here so he went outside to make a call and found that the phone cables had been cut all near the railway like there was no way to contact anyone sus yeah kind of crazy so when he comes back inside the train to see what's going on the robbers are already in there they broke the windows and started climbing through uh onto the sides of the train and they attacked him and overpowered him so that he wouldn't be able to call for help uh the robbers also hit the conductor jack mills over the head uh with tools which rendered him unconscious and left him with head injuries and because of what they did he had three really deep cuts on the back of his head and in front of his ear that caused him to need 14 stitches and two days in the hospital dang wow. and they had in originally what they say is that mills was hit by accident and it was intended to be a nonviolent raid But many of the people who were actually in the cars at the time and saw these robbers were saying, no, they were really aggressive and they were hitting us and hitting us with tools trying to make us like sit down and get out of the way when we weren't doing anything to provoke that. And so I kind of saw this really interesting part of the case, which I definitely hadn't seen before I started researching about it, which was the families of those people who had loved ones that were assaulted by these robbers are then seeing everyone around them in their city hail these robbers as like clever guys who pulled off this heist and it's like super cool and dangerous and awesome but then you have to think about the people whose family members had to get stitches or were assaulted or traumatized by this robbery clearly weren't thinking of these robbers as anything other than greedy criminals who were willing to hurt people who didn't deserve it to get money which is kind of an interesting way to see it that i hadn't really thought about before yeah. all righty so the robbers um gave themselves 30 minutes on the train to grab as much money as they could and they had to leave the train basically before the other staff um in the car would start getting suspicious about why the train had been stopped for so long so they got the train to the point where they had vehicles waiting and that is when they made like a classic, you know, like they one of them was at th- their cars and one was at the top, and they made a big line, and they were just passing bags of cash to get it into the <laughs> assembly truck. line. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's some. I I love that's Lucy. Like a cartoon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny too because when I was reading, it, it was like, they made a human chain <laughs> and passed money into the car, and I was like, what an interesting <laughs> way to say that. That's I one know, way to describe it. <laughs>
1: it.
0: A human chain, but um so they give themselves 30 minutes to grab as much of the money as they could before they had to leave the train uh, because like I said the other post office staff would get suspicious so they make a human chain
2: (laughs) very important detail
0: that is the most important detail. (laughs) just picture it in your mind Like a long chain of people connected by the hip, they're all conjoined twins. Okay, and well, like, they all look like the Hamburglar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was wondering, like, they're stealing the money, but it's—is it unusable? Because they said they were no,
0: it's it? it's still usable. Okay, it's kind of like the money that's in the Fed. Um, like th- they have huge like millions of dollars that they keep in the Federal Reserve that's like considered like damaged money, but you can still use it. Like, it still gotcha. works. So that's basically what they're stealing. Okay. So, they managed to uh take about 128 bags of money off the train. Uh and they leave behind about $300,000 worth of money. Um but they just couldn't grab it in time because they were sticking to a pretty strict schedule of timing like I said they want this to go off without a hitch. I've never used that phrase for in my life. You looked a little disturbed after you said it,
2: <laughs> I twitch.
0: It just makes me I'm think of uh, that Will Smith movie. Hitch? Yes. <laughs> what is that movie why about? Why did it make you think of that? Because I said go off without a hitch. And then I was like, just why immediately. Did, why did that Will Smith.
2: <laughs> What's that movie about? That movie's a classic. <laughs> you don't remember?
0: I don't. It's
2: great. He's like, sets people up. He helps. Oh, Kevin James, I think. He helps people friend, go great. off
0: without a hitch? Yeah, well, I, oh no, get hitched. It. It's like married. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I think that, that makes, that's it. It. That's that makes much he, like, more. Well, up. they should He's be great. more clear about that, okay? Yeah. yeah why why don't we know
2: it. in the
0: <laughs> My real question is why couldn't Will Smith be blue in that movie? Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Wow. You're asking the deep
2: questions right now.
0: I really am. So, like I said, they take about 128 bags of cash. And something that is also kind of a bummer about this whole case is that like i said there were four post office employees sitting in that car that had all the money in it so uh the employees were assaulted and forced to lie down on the floor of the train and then they handcuffed um the four employees and they also handcuffed um jack mills who i said was the conductor of the train and uh the other driver kind of the second in command his last name is Whitby and uh handcuffed the six of them together and made them lie down and so after about 30 minutes they depart from the train in the truck that I was talking about they have like a kind of a British pickup truck is the best way to describe it um it basically looks like an American pickup truck but with cooler colors and so, yeah, I'm not even kidding. It's like turquoise and red. Oh, that's cool. Oh. So it's not very inconspicuous. Not like brown or or gotcha. No, like I, they really went for it. So they, they had this this beautifully colored pickup truck. <laughs> and uh, then they also had two um, cars with the exact same license plate to throw off kind of any strange police tales or anything just to make people... Confused by the fact that there were two cars of the exact same make with the exact same plate <laughs> driving around. So uh, they head out from the train, leaving it s- still on the same bridge, pretty much. And they drive around an hour to get back to their hideout. And that hideout is Leather Slade Farm.
2: Again, could be made up. You could be lying in your hand. I would have no idea.
0: It sounds like I am lying to you. That's the thing that is crazy about this case. It's like, Leather Slade Farm. Mm. What? Why, do you th- why does the farm have a name? Why does the farm have that name? That's the <laughs> real question. Yeah, I guess it's just maybe it was because they killed cows. Leather, leather. Slade. But it's spelled S-L-A-D-E. But doesn't that happen on a lot of farms? True, and they don't all have names. Maybe it's a British thing
2: that's probably it
0: perhaps i don't know let us know <laughs> if all your farms are named let us
2: know in the chat guys yeah why is it called leather slade
0: <laughs> so um at four thirty in the morning they arrive at leather slade farm and that's about the time that the first reports of this robbery are being made to the police uh so this farm is kind of an, just in a random area about 27 miles from the crime scene and at this farm they decide to this is the perfect time to count up all the money that we got like i said they got around 68 million in today's cash and uh we're going to divide it into equal shares every single person there got equal shares and the amount of money that they each got was about 150,000 pounds each uh at that time so it's like 2.6 million dollars each today kind of crazy Again. And so when they were listening to the radio, because they actually had a, a radio in the farm with them that was tuned to the police to see, like, what was going on. Uh, the gang learned, the gang learned, <laughs> that the police uh, had estimated since one of the witnesses to the crime had said, they told us to lie down and be still for 30 minutes. Then they were like, okay, 30 minutes, that must have been the amount of time it took them to drive to wherever they were trying to go. So, the police estimated that they were probably within a 30-mile distance from the scene of the crime. Pretty smart. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So, um, they realized that since this information had come to light, it's probably going to be a lot quicker to find them. Because there's not that many places that you could hide 15 grown adults and a ton of money and three cars within 30 miles of this bridge in the middle of Buckinghamshire. So... They um, put away the vehicles that they drove to the farm and kind of realize that they have a dilemma because they can't use those cars to drive away from the farm. So they're going to need to go into the city and kind of find new vehicles. So while some of them go to look for new cars, um, they start to carry out a cleanup of this farm because, listen, this is a crazy thing, but they had been doing some interesting activities while they were there including playing monopoly with the money that they had stolen (laughs) no way from the train. literally they go through they scrub down like every inch of this farmhouse right and they call someone there um and say okay your job of all the things that we're supposed to be doing your job is going to be to burn this farmhouse down to the ground Whoa! after we play Monopoly after we play Monopoly, you're going to burn the farmhouse down so we make sure they can't get our fingerprints wow. uh, this person chickens out and <gasps> does not burn down the farm
2: that's the actual snitch
0: I- <laughs> and after an anonymous tip, five days later, the London police um, head over to Leatherslide Farm by this time though, all the robbers had managed to clear out However, the farm was still there, not burned down like they wanted it to be. Fingerprints. So, though they found that most of the prints had been wiped away by their cleaning, there were still fingerprints left all over a game of Monopoly no. that no. had been found how they in the them. farmhouse. They actually, dun, dun, they dun, dun. I'm, I'm being serious. Oh. The prints were found all over a game of Monopoly. Bruh. Can you imagine that being the thing that derails your... They're Entire like, robbery. Wait,
2: how they catch us?
0: <laughs> who snitched? You
2: didn't bring
0: monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't burn down that's the like farm. So,
2: yeah, or yeah, that's the more important thing.
0: <sighs> I just, I like to imagine that they're no driving one. away. They're like fifty miles away, and then they're like, "Yo, who grabbed the monopoly?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no one checked on the guys. Was a burned down the farmhouse? It's like we trust him. Oh my god. Yeah, I,
0: I don't know. It's just, that's and whack. I guess the <laughs> other thing that they found their prints on was a bottle of ketchup. It's huh. like. This is very you know, The stupidest thing yeah, yeah like the dumbest The I guess it makes sense though Cause like the little things That you wouldn't think Like oh Let me wipe down my prints On this bottle of ketchup Or yeah. this Monopoly set But <laughs> It's just so funny to me That them being wow. A group of literal criminals Sit down <laughs> to play. men 15?
2: Like did they not 15 Like how criminals. old were
0: they? <laughs> they were like um In their 40s I believe
2: Wow They, they sit really down got no excuse
0: To play a game of really Monopoly
1: <laughs> and that that is the reason i wish i were there for that game of monopoly can you imagine imagine being a part of that that is the most
0: badass they're like game of monopoly here's the thing it's two million dollars now every time you pass go you get five grand like i that's can we do this on the pod (laughs) (laughs) but um i just find that so funny that like the first thing i saw about this case was how it was talking about um it was like, what are some of the most crazy robberies that have ever happened? And it was like, a group of train robbers uh, assault two men to get $68 million and are found by their prints being set on a game of Monopoly. I'm like, oh gosh, that's just so... It's it's the worst way to go down because not only is it lame, but it's like... It's lame, it's <laughs> avoidable, just,
2: it's... Oh gosh.
0: I'm happy they got caught, so don't get me wrong, that but it's the- just so... That it's is hilarious. the true horrible thing about this. <laughs> monopoly. The the prince on the Monopoly. <laughs> Just yeah. feel a little smarter. So eventually, um, they the police also find someone who had been in jail with a lot of the guys who were train robbers on this uh, robbery who's willing to inform on the names and then they're able to match those people using the prints that they found on the Monopoly set so eventually 13 people will stand trial for the train robbery and there's actually um, a lot to talk about here also with the trial because there's some crazy crazy stuff that happened including a few of the robbers like I said only 13 stood trial uh, a few of the robbers managed to evade capture for a long time and some were actually never caught which is pretty crazy just remained on the run so um let's fast forward a little bit to the trial real quick though what are you guys thinking about that robbery
2: that's pretty hard to believe
1: it seemed really well thought out you know the whole glove thing the what was it six volt battery Mm -hmm. in the for the red light like diversion (laughs) like and then it just went downhill like they I'm got caught. Like, yeah. I
2: keep thinking of like the train robbery in Breaking Bad, where it's like three guys. They d- they like did so much. They were so careful. They nailed it. Wow, three people. I was like, oh, fifteen people. They'll probably leave no trace. Yep. But they were human human chaining and <laughs> putting it in bags and like carting it off. It's just so strange. So many weird decisions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even Especially before the monopoly like, thing. Just considering
0: like, oh, how long they are. actually planned it it seems like yeah exactly there were a few things that definitely could have been done better yeah but um if we fast forward the date is now january 20th caitlin's birthday 1964 happy birthday caitlin (laughs) and the trial of the great train robbers is about to begin okay so the original courthouse that they wanted to use for this trial was actually too small because of how many people were just interested to see these guys who had pulled off this huge robbery so they actually had to um, try to like expand the courthouse so they can fit in all the reporters and people who just want to see these people and they they made sure
2: they really got that clout
0: (laughs) yeah honestly they were like famous by the end of this because it was such a big thing and whenever they were getting driven to the courthouse they had to go in these huge like armored vans because they didn't want anyone to like look at them before they got into the trial or stuff like that so i mean they got a bridge named after them too i know what the heck really
2: came out on top
0: (laughs) (laughs) but um In this courthouse like i said there's huge crowds that are getting brought in and the trial lasted only 51 days which i find to be pretty crazy uh considering how many people were actually on trial and they find that there's about 240 witnesses that testify in this trial oh my god isn't that crazy i feel like doing one witness testimony would probably take up a lot of time but they got it done in 51 days 240 witnesses which i thought was pretty crazy yeah um, at the end of the trial, John Thomas Daly, Ronnie Biggs, Gordon Goody, Charles Wilson, Thomas Wiseby, Robert Welch, and James Hussey were each sentenced to 30 years in jail for conspiracy to rob an armed robbery. Wow. 30 30? years. Yeah. And actually at the time, this was kind of a big thing because no one really was sentenced to that many years in jail for a robbery at this time so it was actually a pretty groundbreaking case in in several different ways uh several of the other robbers received around 25 years in jail for um armed robbery and uh lenny field and brian field who sold the land to the robbers and helped them out once they got to the farm uh were released after five years on parole
2: it's crazy was there something different about this between like other robberies where maybe people got charged for less and got put in jail for less time like why was it 30 years
0: i think because it was such a big cultural movement in england of like a lot of people were starting to almost brute for these robbers against their own government that it was kind of like necessary to say like no this is not okay and this is what happens to people that do this yeah. yeah and also they really did like traumatize and assault several people on this robbery and so i mean part of me is like really bummed out that like it couldn't have been more of like a oh they were doing this as like a robin hood thing to like get back at the government and like be there for the people but it was really just a bunch of greedy people traumatized and assaulted just people were trying to make money like in an honest way so i think yeah that and the cultural impact are why the sentences were so long And another crazy thing about this trial is that the first man who was arrested, his name was William Bull. Okay, he was not actually involved in the robbery whatsoever, but since he had these random coincidence connections to the case, like being in the same area... Uh, and knowing about Leatherslade Farm, he was arrested. He was the first one arrested and was actually put in jail for 23, sentenced 23 years for a crime that he didn't do. And oh he actually uh, died in prison. And years and years later, the police would talk about how, yeah, we know that this was a complete miscarriage of justice. So, so not sad. only did they jail a bunch of people, but unfortunately, they also jailed an innocent man in the course of this trial, which is absolutely insane cole you have a question
2: I, I don't really have a question that just like that makes it even more gray I
0: like yeah i don't want to
2: root for the train robbers but then oh they hurt innocent people but oh the government messed up
0: yeah it's it honestly is just a big and I, I think i find that the more and more of these i do it's like i find that a lot of times in certain cases it's almost easier to talk about the crimes where it's like Ted Bundy, or like uh, the Night Stalker, or people where it's like, yeah, you're clearly guilty and clearly an evil human being. Mm. But sometimes in some of the cases, it's just like, there's no real clear, like, you are an evil person. And so it makes it a lot more gray and a lot more difficult to kind of come out with a, like, okay, what is right? Who was right and who was wrong? Obviously, they were wrong because they stole that's not right but at the same time the government was also wrong because they kind of hastily went through this trial and ruined a man's life because of it um and another crazy thing about this trial is that there were some people who were heavily involved in the robbery that fled so jimmy white fled for three years before being found at home in the uk and he was arrested buster edwards um fled to mexico but returned to england in 1966 and he got 15 years in prison
2: returned to england and then they caught him yeah
0: and then uh,
2: turned to buckinghamshire he just, wants to <laughs> a monopoly. he just
0: wanted to take a picture next his to his bridge the collectible monopoly <laughs> and then bruce reynolds who was kind of the mastermind of the whole robbery he also fled to mexico and he was never captured and uh the crazy thing about this is that there was a point in time actually where several of the robbers were being um kind of hiding themselves in mexico and they had kind of like a little reunion guys trip <laughs> all hiding Ten in mexico reunion, guys and uh not only did some people in this trial avoid arrest but there were actually two prison breakouts from robbers wow Does this is not just keep getting like crazier and crazier yeah, it's really just hard to believe <laughs> yeah so um ronnie biggs escaped from prison 15 months into his sentence and biggs fled to mexico and stayed with the reynolds family for a while before fleeing to australia and eventually brazil so in brazil you can't get extradited back to england and he had a child while he was in brazil so because of that he had immunity and he could stay in brazil as long as he wanted because his kid was a citizen so imagine being that child (laughs) like you were only made to get your father out of jail (laughs) oh yeah that is kind of a yikes that's so sad and the crazy thing about this is i was researching is like he it says he lived openly in brazil so he's literally people knew where he was england knew where he was and he's like what up guys i'm just like living my best life over here (laughs) yeah it's pretty funny because it's like he was just kind of playing almost feels like playing this big joke on the british people by just being like here i am what's up what's good (laughs) from a country where they couldn't get him but um he returned to england several years later in 2001 he returned to england and as soon as he got off the plane he was arrested and ordered to carry out the rest of his prison sentence uh but in 2009 he was uh, released on compassionate grounds because he was really old and about to die and now he has since passed away uh, another man named Wilson also escaped from prison, headed to pl- Paris, got plastic surgery, and disappeared. Oh, what? My man. That's
2: epic. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say he went back to London. I was like, these fools all go back to London. They are idiots. I guess. Like, what are they doing? He's like, maybe enough time has passed.
0: Ronnie Biggs has you know? this interesting quote where he talks about he, did, he didn't even care that he was just going to, going to be arrested. He just wanted to walk into a British pub one last time. And I was like, that's wow. very interesting. <laughs> I, guess, I know. Uh, Maybe know I just don't understand that. pub culture as well as I should. <laughs> <laughs> but, Definitely not. Um, so yeah, those are the two prison sentences that were actually um, not fully carried out because they escaped. And from the robbery, 130,000 pounds were recovered, So like $130,000. But most of the money was never found, which means that... Uh, it was probably either given to the robbers' families once they went to jail or some of the robbers who escaped took the money and just left because, th- like I said, they stole like $2.6 million. They only found like 100000 of it. So,
1: do you know if it was split? You said it was supposed it to be was split, split evenly. Them?
0: Yeah. Dang. So, most of the people's money was just never covered. Like, they just could never find the rest of the money, which I think is really interesting because it's probably still kind of circulating around today you know what well, i mean that,
2: i mean that even prompts another question like why did the government have all that money in that place i just was wondering that like, was that's not people's money the government is like, it was that money? um
0: money from banks that was going to be destroyed and so they actually okay. talk about in this one video i was watching about how the banks were basically doing everything they shouldn't have been doing by having money on trains without guards mm around and it was kind of a well-known fact that like the banks were putting their money on these trains and so all of that was really needed is like one guy like i was talking about at the beginning the ulster man to give this information to robbers and then it was like pretty easy to get the money from there obviously after this happened that system changed so that it wasn't as easy to rob the trains or anything like that or uh like get to that bank's money but it's still like crazy to me that the banks were being so careless i guess about their money
2: yeah and this is people's money that they put into the bank or is this just bank profit
0: i'm pretty sure it was just bank dollars that they were getting new money and it was like all this old money that they were just kind of burning gotcha because yeah i mean
2: if that money never got recovered it's like well kind of like the financial crisis like your money's just gone yeah Yeah. or was it the bank that just got screwed and had to go out of business or something i don't know
0: i think the banks were okay i'm pretty sure wow the because that money was about to go out of circulation anyway You know what I mean? Like, they were about to burn all that money. like,
2: $68 million just lying around. That just seems crazy that they can just, you know, burn it or destroy it. Yeah. it's like, oh, it's not needed.
0: That would not happen today. Like, 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 there's no way that that amount of money would ever be in one place at one time. Was it ready to
2: be replaced? Or is it just, like, it's gone? Like, no replacement? Sometimes
0: they take money out of circulation to stimulate the economy. Gotcha. So it could have been that, or it could have been that they the dollars already got replaced, or so the pounds it already got replaced.
2: Probably wasn't anybody's like savings then, if they're just no, it wasn't anyone's savings.
0: It was just gonna get destroyed anyway. So, um, all of the robbers, uh, from what I saw, are dead now, except for one of the robbers, because they were all like around eighty years old now. I actually saw this really interesting article that talked about how one of the robbers, like, they never really got back together after the Robbery happened, but they would all go to each other's funerals. And it talked about how, at um Bruce Reynolds' funeral, you know, like one of the the head train robber, pretty much who didn't really have to go to jail, uh Ronnie Biggs just did a, a big uh up yours sign at his funeral <laughs> at his balls.
2: Are there photos of that?
0: They, I believe there are photos. Fo- awesome. There may be photos about it. There's certainly articles about it. It's very hilarious to me that kind of in british culture they get treated almost like a really old boy band where it's like Mm. they wouldn't get back together except for (laughs) times when they were really really needed and there's still all this drama with they do like rob another train like yeah encore encore encore. but it's pretty funny i i really found it very interesting how this case does get treated treated in british culture because it is very strange um so on kind of a bummer note we're gonna end it because uh Mm. i I think that even though it is kind of cool to talk about all this and, you know, we all watch like Ocean's Eleven and National Treasure and sometimes like the, the robberies can seem a little bit more glamorized than I think they really should be. So I just wanted to end, um, on the victims. So Jack Mills, who we talked about, who was beat over the head with tools, was never fully able to recover from his head injuries. And he died seven years after the um, train robbery from cancer, but he was suffering a lot during those years because of the lasting impact of the head injuries that he sustained from that night. David wasn't, Whitby, sorry, wasn't he also like really um,
1: had a lot of PTSD from it? Because yeah, um, I saw like a video and it said like
0: he never returned to work after that. Like he did not. Yeah, go he on didn't go back train, to work. Like. Wow. that's so sad so it had a lasting impact on not only his health but also on his career yeah. and just his family yeah. and then david whitby who i talked about being the first one who actually left the train and then came back on he died at age 34 from a heart attack and doctors and his family members believe that this was a result of never recovering from the trauma mm-hmm. that he experienced that night and just having like lots of anxiety and ptsd because of that incident and that is what they believe may have caused him to have a heart attack at such a young age oh my gosh so even though it is cool to like talk about robberies and and heists and see the planning and how it can sometimes be seen like seen as obviously it's not as bad as murdering some people there were still victims from that night from purely because of people's greed and was getting this cool story about train robbers worth the lives of two men and probably several more of those employees who were traumatized for the rest of their lives and i think no so and it's
2: it's interesting to think about like how easy it is to assume that like oh they didn't go in with the intention of killing people it's all about the mindset you have when you're a robber and that can kind of make you okay like we don't hate you now you know there's no there's a bridge dedicated to them all that stuff it's like oh you can be loved if you just have the right mindset but it doesn't sound like they They were just kind of idiots. They didn't have everything planned out the right way. They didn't have the purpose of going in and leaving, you know, no physical trace, no violent attacks. They just kind of tried not to, but failed.
0: Yeah. So, overall, I think that it's a very interesting thing to look at just to see, like, it is definitely more lighthearted to talk about because there weren't, you know, like, any murders that night or anything like that but it is still interesting to think about the fact that you don't have to leave a physical mark on someone to damage them for the rest of their lives you know yeah. so that is the huge crazy great trade robbery of
2: 1963
0: wow i'm in shock it's it's a lot it's like a a huge amount of things that happened in such a short amount of time like basically a year a, a year between the robbery and the actual trial and then it lasted till like several years like even till recently with all this these articles coming out like there's articles from 2017 talking about the great train robbers so it's like
2: and it's just so mythologized like i haven't seen the film that it's about if that's what the film's really about but yeah like it's referenced all the time it's yeah. Yeah, very popularized it
1: seems like they're all like almost being praised for doing that and then i can like you were saying but i can only imagine like the people who went through it and like the families who had loved ones that went through it like imagine like the people who like did that to their family and did that to their loved ones being praised for a crime it's just
0: yeah it, it is like i guess it it is just kind of a bummer that like people would i guess in a way i think probably a lot of people are willing to put a price on other people's life like it's worth it if you get enough money almost like yeah. which is kind of a bummer to think about that that's in our nature just like sometimes this little piece of paper that can get you stuff is worth more than like the value of someone else's life yeah so that's why i think robberies are kind of fascinating it's like what are the ex- what is the extent that greed can take you yeah
1: exactly
2: and like what's your intention
0: yeah for it but uh on that kind of bummer note <laughs> we're gonna transition into my favorite segment on this podcast happy things yay, yay. i'm yeah. trying to come up with a little uh like jingle that i can put right there so uh we'll see maybe that'll be out soon but um this <laughs> yeah. happy
2: by pharrell
0: <laughs> uh, nope copyright oh, but uh, oh yeah. yeah happy things this is a segment where we're gonna kind of talk about just one good thing that happened throughout our week something that was uh great for us or something that made us happy this week i guess so uh julia why don't you go first well um because i've been listening
1: to the pod uh for a while now <laughs> thank you so much love you thank i you am a true support. fan i love horrible things <laughs> julia was the first person who listened to this podcast i was yeah wow. in the car with emma just driving down <laughs> um but i came prepared with my happy thing so i actually just recently got a car so that's really exciting <gasps> yes what yeah. kind of car is it it is a used 2006 ford Escape heck yeah yeah so now (laughs) once i get my license (laughs) i will will be on the road (laughs) you're you're gonna go straight from getting your license to becoming a postmates driver yeah honestly might do it that sounds like
0: a great job yeah Yeah.
2: that's a pretty big happy moment
0: yeah it's awesome i remember getting my first car like i got it um on my birthday and i came to school and i just like i couldn't even drive yet but i just had the key and i was just going around being like guess what i got boom Over my hand car key and i just like it's so happy when you get your own like it's almost like your own space you know what i mean because like even when you're in your room you're in your house but like your car it's your roof it's your rules baby
1: that's where my bluetooth automatically connects (laughs) that's what i like (laughs) uh
0: Yeah, Cole. What's your happy thing?
1: Um, mine is
2: my sister recently got married, and she and her husband, Yay! yeah, they were That's on really honeymoon trying. for a little while, and they were in Kansas for the wedding for a long time. They're finally out here living in their apartment, um, in close to where I live. So I got to go visit them on Saturday in their apartment and just hang out with them. They made breakfast for me, which was awesome. So That's it was, so it was cool. just really fun That's to really see nice. them, not just as you know my sister and her husband but together you know yeah. living as a married couple was very cool Aww.
0: it's so sweet like to see the videos of them and things like that because just they seem so happy like they just yeah. have happiness in their in their eyes when they like yeah. are yeah, smiling it's cool it, it's sweet.
2: exactly yeah it's so fun to see those and it's it's so cool to actually see them living in it you know see that they're not faking it they're not just like picking the best <laughs> moments you know they're they're actually yeah. happy
0: and you played guitar at the wedding, right? In I say? did, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. What songs did you do? Like, what were your I favorite did, ones you played?
2: I only did three, but I did... Uh, oh, shoot. I did... Oh, my gosh. No, I'm blanking. I did a Vampire Weekend song from their new album um, called Hold You Now. I did Love on the Weekend by John Mayer. Yes. That was Ruby's My Sister's Request.
0: That was her. their first that dance? That was their first
2: dance song that Aww. they requested. And then I did In My Life by The Beatles.
1: That's nice. so awesome. Yeah, it was
2: super fun.
0: That is so great. Yeah. What is your happy thing, Emma? My happy thing. What? Uh, it's so sweet of you to ask. Of that is just so spontaneous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, I've had a, a really good week. It's been a busy week, but honestly, sometimes it's just nice to like be doing stuff, I guess. So, yeah. my happy thing is probably that um, I, I am recording three episodes of the podcast this week. So that um, I will be ready to go until the end of July. And then on Monday, I'm leaving for Florida. And I've just been oh, yeah. like, I went out shopping to like get some stuff for going to Florida. And like uh, just been like preparing for that. And I'm really excited to see my grandparents. So I'm just, uh, I, I've just been looking forward to going to Florida this week. It's been making like my whole week a lot better. So I'm Yay. excited for that.
2: If you go there and, and get eaten by a gator... We can do an episode of horrible things on you yes we will take over actually my nightmare
0: i i'm seriously terrified of of alligators because they will eat you like they will eat a human being sharks is Mm -hmm. like they don't want to eat you you know but alligators are so old you know (laughs) they're literally prehistoric they're like i'll just i'll just eat whatever like you come into my territory i'm gonna eat
1: you like (laughs) have you seen that horror movie coming out about the alligators and it's like jaws but florida what let's go see it i kind
2: of think it looks terrible but it also looks cool
0: (laughs) it It looks like sharknado i was just about to say that it kind of reminds me of sharknado yeah Yeah. that's yeah see alligators are no joke okay (laughs) alligators are no joke have you ever seen those shows um like i used to watch billy exterminate billy the exterminator when i was a kid and it was about this guy living in louisiana and he would wrangle alligators oh. and things like that and, and it's you like, watch this for fun i did in fact i did in fact but also it kind of reminds me of like steve Irwin, who's like yeah. my yeah. favorite human being <laughs> that ever lived so uh i don't know i've been interesting view oh. try and get an interview
2: Outliers. with one of the gators while you're talking
0: oh my gosh put them on the podcast Ask some questions. uh excuse me Allie, can you please give me your thoughts on true crime you just hear crunching as my microphone is devoured emma just stops talking you just hear screams <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then cole's just in the background playing love on the
0: weekend That'd by john mayer that would be really cool oh my gosh dude the handler burglar comes onto the scene (laughs) (laughs) you just hear the train tracks the train is coming (laughs) i feel like the end of these episodes is genuinely always like Let's just combine every single joke we've made throughout this entire <laughs> mm-hmm. show. Yep. But I kind of really enjoy it because it brings back the good memes. And yeah, I'm just on a very sad note. I, I think now would be a good time to end this episode. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much for listening to this episode of the Horrible Things podcast. You can find us on... Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter at Horrible Things Podcast. Um, please make sure to share with all your friends. We are now available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. So please go ahead and uh, share one of those links with some of your friends. Um, if you don't mind and you like the show why don't you go ahead and uh leave it a review or rate it on itunes that would be super super helpful it helps people find it in search results and things like that so if you could go ahead and do that that would be amazing above all thank you guys so so much for listening to this podcast it honestly like gives me and a lot of people who contribute to this podcast just a lot of motivation to keep going when we know that you guys like it so thank you so so much for all of that and remember watch out for gators
2: And don't rob a train just to get a bridge named after you.
0: And most importantly, don't do horrible Horrible things. things. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so, so much. Okay, the cool music's gonna come in now.